Let's turn to 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 1. And I look back, I always, I'm conscious of what I have preached before. So when there comes a time when I, when I know it hasn't been that long since I used a verse, I like to go back and just make sure I'm not going to preach the same thing within a certain period of time. I, I just don't want to do it. I have a big hang-up about that, right? And if it's God's will, look, I'll preach what He wants me to preach. But I want to be real, real mindful that I'm not just repeating the same stuff, you know? So I realize within the past six months I have preached out of this scripture, but I promise you it's not the same message. That's how God's Word is. God's Word is alive. You can look at the one verse and get different stuff out of the same thing. Verse 1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elijah, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. Y'all ever found yourself in that situation? You know, look, God, you know I serve you and I'm in need. Right? That's what she's saying. You know my husband, how he feared the Lord. And what does she say? And the creditor is come to take into him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me. What hast thou in the, in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Y'all, oil was valuable. It's not like today where you can just go to any store, pick up a a can of Crisco or a bottle of vegetable oil or, you know, it was, it was valuable, hard to come by and it had monetary value. Like salt. Salt had monetary value. <clears throat> so all she had was a pot of oil. And then he said, go, y'all listen to this, go, borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. So get, go and get all you can. And y- y'all just hang on to that for a minute, okay? Thank you on that. <clears throat> and when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and her upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. Now I want you all to notice something right here. This woman came to the man of God in a time of need. He didn't write her a check. He told her, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, I'm sure, the leading of God, what she needed to do to fix her problem. What did she do? She did exactly what He said she needed to do. She was obedient. Not only to this man, but to God. You know, you don't go to the prophet and then question what what it is He's telling you. If you're going to question him, don't go to him. 
So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more, and the oil stayed. It means it quit. She took this pot of oil that she had. This is a miracle. She just started pouring. And she filled everything she had. Everything she could find and collect from all her neighbors filled it up. Why do you think she shut the door? Why did he tell her? Oil was valuable. You think people wouldn't freak out if they saw this lady just pouring gallons of that, gallons of oil, filling vessel after vessel. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. So pay off everything you owe and live on whatever you got left over. He didn't say, go back and let's pour some more oil. What she got was enough, right? Alright. There's, man, there's, you could spend months on this ver- these, this set of verses. Find all kinds of different topics. What I want to talk to you about tonight is, God wants to fill your vessel. You notice Elisha told her to go get everything she could. Look, this woman could have said in her mind, look, she knew what oil was worth, right? Today, what does a gallon of gas cost? Guarantee you everybody in here has a pretty good idea. It's 260, 270 gallons, somewhere in there, right? She knew what oil was worth. She knew this much oil is worth this much. She could have real easily have said, I owe this much money. I only need to get this many vessels of oil. How about we just stop right there? I'm done, right? That's enough, God. We got plenty. But what did she do? First of all, she was obedient. She listened to what the prophet told her, and she went and got all the vessels she could find and filled them. That ought to tell you something about what you ought to do. You ought to come to God with everything you can gather up spiritually and say, God, fill it. You see, when you come to God and you say, hold on God, that's enough. You cut God short. See, God might want to want, He might want to have done uh, three times that much. But we do that all the time. I see people, t- look, I've done it myself. I see people time after time come down, they will pray, they'll get a little taste of something, they say, whoa God, that's all I can handle right now. And God said, what are you talking about? I ain't even got tipped over good yet. We, we just barely got one vessel full and you want to quit now? I got a floor full of vessels you need filled. Why, why did Elisha tell her to go borrow 
A lot of vessels, not a few, a lot. Why did he say a lot? Because he didn't want her to limit God. He didn't want her to, to cut God short and say, this is all God's capable of doing, so I'm not going to expect more out of him. Y'all ever do that? Y'all ever cut God short? Y'all ever say, well, look God, you know my need, but if you'll just do this, that'll be good enough. See, my God's not a God of good enough. He, that's not Him. My God is a God of abundance. A God that, what does the Scripture say? He can do exceeding, abundantly, above what you can ask or think. That doesn't sound like the kind of God that wants to be cut short. And say, whoa God, that's enough. You can apply this to all parts of your life. Whatever you're praying for. Whatever you desire from God, whatever you want to see God do for somebody else, don't cut Him short. He wants to fill you full. Just like this lady. Do you think God didn't know how many vessels she could come by? You think God didn't know how many were at her disposal? God knew. And do you think if she wouldn't have found even more vessels, He couldn't have filled them? He could have filled all the vessels He wanted to. Because He's God. I want you all to think about this now. I want you to really think about what it is you want from God. How much is enough? You see, I see people come down here and pray. I know they want something from God. And five minutes later, they get up and they go back to their seat. Why did you go back to your seat? Can y'all answer that question? Why do you get up and go back to your seat? Is God not able? Did you get enough? Was that enough for this time and maybe I'll get some more later on? That doesn't line up with what this Scripture says. That doesn't line up with the character of God. Now, if you came down here and you just got all you could stand, man, that's fine. I've done that before. Look, it got to a point I was like, okay, I don't think you could give me no more, God. (laughs) I know we can, but look, there's only so much I can take. Right? Right? Y'all ever get in a place like that? Look, if you don't, man, you need to find it. I'm telling you right now, you get in the glory of God, you'll get full. You may think you know what full is. Until you get there, you don't. And I guarantee you, when you do, the next thing you want to do is get back there again. But coming down here and praying for five minutes don't get you there. It don't get you there. I don't see. Here's my problem. I see people come and pray, and they earnestly desire something from God, but they get up and I, I don't see joy on them. That don't make sense. 
That doesn't see, here's my problem. It doesn't line up with my experiences. Because the times I've received from God, the times that God has filled me full, I had joy, y'all. Uncontrollable, exciting joy. Overflowing. And look, I couldn't stop smiling. Couldn't stop laughing. Look, when He fills you up, He fills you up. He don't just leave little voids here and there and you leave wondering what in the world is going to happen next. Because when you leave that place, when God fills you up, there ain't a doubt in your mind who God is and what He wants to do with you. He fills you full. He fills every vessel you got and He don't cut you short. You might cut Him short. See, that's not God. God don't do that. When God says, I'm going to give you something, He fills you full. So y'all, how much can God do? How much, how far should we, how long should we wait? How much should we expect from God? You can't measure it. That scripture I just quoted you, in case you want to know, is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly. Y'all listen to them words. Exceeding abundantly. That, that ain't Spanish. Yeah, that's English. We all ought to understand what those words mean. Above all that we ask or think. That means you can't make up some wild thought in your head that's bigger than what God wants to do for you. You can't dream it up that He hadn't already thought of, that He's not capable of. You can't make up something God can't do. That's what that Scripture says. So let me ask you again, how much is enough. How much is God capable of? How long should you wait for Him to do what He what you want Him to do? You wait until He's done it. You wait until He's done. Just like this lady. When did she stop? She stopped when she ran out of vessels, right? She said, hey, go get me another vessel. And her son said, Mama, that's all. There ain't no more. Well, you might put a little more in this one. I don't know, but they're all full. That's how long we ought to spend. That's how long we ought to pray. That's how long you ought to keep going to God and asking Him, Father, I need this. Father, I need You to do this for me. Lord, come, bless me, do whatever it takes. I need You to move. And just because you get tired of sitting on your knees, I understand It's hard to stay on your knees that long. Stand up for a while. Get back on them again. And if you run out of time here and you can't stay no longer, come back next time and wait till you get it. It may take you two or three Sundays. God sometimes will wait you out. But I guarantee you, 
See, His Word says. Y'all listen, if you don't know what the Word of God says, what in the world do you have to stand on? Nothing. His Word says that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. I have to believe that. I have to. And if I don't, I've got a problem. That's straight from the mouth of God. He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. So, that tells me, if there is something I desire of God, and I diligently seek after that thing, it don't say He'll give me everything, every foolish thing I want, but the Word does say He will give me the desires of my heart. There is a difference in a want and a desire. Jerry, do you know what a desire is? You have a desire, then stay down here and pray for it. God will meet you at the point of your need. You see, a desire you don't forget about in a week. A desire, my kids want things all the time, but you can real quickly shift their attention to something else. Oh, that's cool. Oh, look at that over there. There's all kinds of things people want, but a desire burns within you. So I like to, I like to uh, compare desire to fire. That desire just, it'll eat you alive until you get it. The problem with Christianity today is there's a lot of Christians that don't desire God. They don't desire any more than what they already have. And y'all, I'm going to tell you, bluntly honest, God won't give you no more than you want. So, how much do you want? How much? Think of, think of something. Think, man, if God would do this in my life, I ain't talking about money, y'all. I ain't talking about that stuff. I'm talking about God moving in you, God empowering you, God doing something in you that, that psychiatrists can't do. Think of what it is you want God to do. And start pressing for it. Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of Jesus Christ. He talked about running a race. And how do you run a race? If you ain't going to give it everything you got, there ain't no point in running a race. This ain't training time, right? Training, see, you can kind of slack every now and then. You can say, well, today I'm going to pace myself. A race, when you get out there to race, you give it everything you got. Until when? Until you get to the turnaround point? Then you can... No. Until you hit the finish line. Just like this lady. When did she quit pouring oil? When she filled all the vessels. She filled everything she could come by from all of her neighbors. Everything that was around her. She, I guarantee you this woman said, is there a box somewhere we can put some oil in? Is there a bag? Is there something else around here? I guarantee you if she'd had Walmart sacks, they'd have been full of oil. She'd have filled everything she could find. 
I understand, look, I understand that's a miracle. To see see something just not be used up and just keep pouring, just don't even make sense. But you don't think the Holy Spirit's the same way? Why do you think it is that oil is a representation of the Holy Spirit? This is a perfect example. You can't use up the Holy Spirit. You can't you can't get all there is. Don't worry about holding back for somebody else so they can get some. This ain't like you know Rhonda cooks cinnamon rolls for breakfast on Sunday morning sometimes, and <clears throat> you go in there and them cinnamon rolls are good, and you start counting. Well, wait a minute, I can't get all I want because there's five people in the house that want to eat cinnamon rolls, so I'm gonna have to just get this many. God ain't that way. We don't have to be concerned about, is there going to be enough left over for my neighbor to get some? Is there going to be enough for... No! God is abundant. He's, His wealth is immeasurable. There's no limit. You get all you want. That's the problem. You only get all you want. A whole lot of people don't want very much. You know why? Anybody here know why? I'm going to tell you. If they get more than they can handle, they can't handle God. God will all of a sudden take control of their life. And that would just be crazy. Let's not get crazy, y'all. If I get a little more than I can handle, I might get up here and act a fool. I might get a little bounce in my step and and people will look at me like all of a sudden I'm going crazy. See, if you you get more of God than what your natural state can handle, all of a sudden, God forbid, the spiritual man becomes strong. He becomes mighty. He becomes powerful. And then all of a sudden, you start doing crazy things like serving God to the fullest. Doing what He's called you to do. All of a sudden, you have power that you can't explain. You can do things you don't understand. That's why people cut God short. Whoa, God. I can't handle that right now. Oh, that was enough. I felt a little something. Y'all are laughing. But you know it's the truth. You know it's the truth. There was people down here today and praise God, I'm glad they were here. Man, you don't know. I am so thankful. But I'm telling you, 95% of them got up and left and they didn't get but just a little bit. If they had hung on and they'd got down here and started praying and they'd have turned loose and said, God, have your way. I surrender everything to you. Oh man, God would have just ran over them. He was here, man. He was sitting there. Y'all ever watch a rodeo? Y'all ever see them bulls? What do them bulls want? They want them to open that gate. As soon as that gate's open, boy, they're gone. You don't ever see one of them bulls hanging around. Well, I'll get to it in a minute. I'm resting. No, them bulls are ready to get out of there. 
That's how God is, y'all. He was standing here this morning. The gate was right in front of you. And He said, just open the gate. Just open the gate and I'm fixing to run over you. See, there's a whole lot of people that need to quit being so reverential. Quit being so pious. If y'all know the definitions of them words, look them up when you get home. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. See, that's what I'm talking about. Let go of that stuff, man. Let go of Just worship God in spirit and in truth like the Word says. Don't put on a show for what you think people want to hear and see. Put on a show for God and say, God, I hope this is pleasing to you because this is what I feel inside right now. I'm going to jump. I'm going to shout. I'm going to holler at the top of my lungs and worship my God. I was listening to a song the other day. Man, y'all need to find some songs. There's this one group I've been listening to. Most of y'all probably wouldn't care for them. It's just, you know, it's kind of a younger age music. I understand. It's just not your thing. I didn't mean that as bad as it sounded, y'all, I promise. (laughs) I just know that there's different taste in music. That's all I was trying to say. The point is, (laughs) open mouth, insert foot. Point is, this song, this girl was singing, and and it's it's called Sing My Love. I want to sing. I want to sing my love. And she gets to their point, and she says, I want to shout. I want to shout my praise. And she sings through, and she comes back, sings it again, and by God, she shouts. And you hear the whole crowd shouting with her. I want to shout. I want to shout my praise. We need some people to cut loose and shout, y'all. Look, there ain't nobody here that's going to hold their ears because it's too loud. Everybody, if you're shouting, guess what? Yeah, this is a this is a miracle of nature. If you shout, your ears will equalize and it won't hurt. Now, I can't prove that with any kind of equations, but I'm telling you it's the truth. If you shout, it ain't going to hurt your ears when it's a loud noise. If you shout, you give up some praise, don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Because look, if everybody looks like a fool, nobody does. Ain't that amazing? There's a movie, it's a, it's a, I don't know, The Incredibles. If y'all, all of y'all that have kids have seen it. Well, there's a guy in there that, see, it's all, it's about these superheroes. And this one guy, he's a bad guy. He's real smart, like most bad guys in these movies are. He develops these devices that gives people superpowers, right? He can fly because he's got these rocket boots and stuff. And his goal is to give it to everybody. And you know what line he said? He said, if everybody's super, no one is. There's a lot of wisdom in that, y'all. I don't know why, that's just stuck with me. But if everybody is up, shouting, acting a fool, 
Nobody looks foolish. See, the normal, what you think of as the norm, shifts. And then the people that's sitting there, all of a sudden, they look foolish, don't they? You say, what in the world's wrong with that guy? But if everybody's sitting there like that, and you got one old preacher up here on the front that's hollering and screaming and shaking his arms, everybody's sitting there thinking, what is wrong with him? Isn't that weird how that happens? The norm shifts, don't it? If you get a few people, and it's contagious, y'all, I guarantee you, apparently I need to move around some and let it spread on y'all. Because I'm telling you, when you get a little taste of what I got, all of a sudden you want to shout. You want to shout your praise. Look, my God is so awesome. I don't know if y'all know Him. My God is so awesome. Y'all listen, I can't say it enough. Oh, when I think, I look and I examine, Brother John pointed out in the Word this morning, in in Sunday school, it says that we should weigh the cost. Consider the cost. And I'm going to tell you all, when I consider the cost of what God has done for me, I can't help but begin to cry. I can't help but begin to raise my arms and say, Oh, my King, my Master, the One that loves me, before I even knew Him. Y'all look, I look back in Jeremiah and God said, I know my thoughts for you. This is in Kevin's words. I know my thoughts towards you. They're for good and not for evil. To give you an expected end. He wasn't talking just to Jeremiah. He knows his thoughts for you. And it's, it's good stuff, y'all. If we could get some people to get a hold of that, to understand that God's intentions towards you are nothing but good, they might not be so afraid to act a fool in front of people. When we can get out of this worldly mindset, it's worldly, it's worldly. See, the problem is you come from the world and you come into church, and you see some holy roller in here acting crazy, and you say, man, that ain't normal. You're right. From the world standpoint, it ain't normal. But from the from God's standpoint, He may not quite be there yet. He needs to come on a little further. You see, that, that ideal of normal can shift when you quit being worldly minded, you get full of what God has, and your, your norm switches from the world to the Spirit. When you begin to walk in the Spirit, y'all listen. Not only will you not fulfill the lust of the flesh like the Word says, but listen to this. All of a sudden, mountains become humps. All of a sudden, you are an overcomer, not being overcome. Y'all, there ain't no better feeling than to get in the devil's face and say, leave me alone. And he does. There ain't no better feeling than to, than to feel a hindering presence and you're trying to pray, you're just trying to seek God and you tell Him, devil, get out of here in the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden, whoosh, gone. Power. 
If we could just get out of that worldly mindset, get into the Spirit and say, this is the norm, this is where I want to be, and when I get over there, I feel like I'm crazy, I need to be back over here in the Spirit. You see, if you start thinking like that, everything shifts around. You're looking from a different perspective. They call that a paradigm shift. A paradigm shift. What you used to think of in one term, you get a different perspective over it. You get over here and you say, wait a minute. Now I understand. All of a sudden it makes sense. What I used to think of was crazy. Those people are just worshiping God. Those people, they understand. I didn't. You get to that point, man, look. You you get full of what I got, y'all. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. You get, get a taste of what I got. If you ain't ever had it, I'm going to tell you, you can get it. It's freely available. You can act like a fool like me. Get a taste of it. And I'll tell you what, you can't contain yourself. When God starts moving, look, there's time and I just don't want to do it. God, I just want to sit here today. But then somebody will start singing a little bit. Start to think about them words. I can't hold back. It's like fire shut up in my bones. I can't hold back. God, I got to give you praise. I got to sing my love. I got to shout my praise. Y'all remember that old song? I'm getting ready to close. Y'all remember that old song? We've sang here a lot of times. Before the rocks cry out, I've just got to praise Him. Don't wait around for somebody else to do it. Man, I tell you what, there's some bumps on a log that come in here Sunday morning. If they ever listen to these recordings, they're just going to be mad. There's some bumps on a log that come in here Sunday morning. I guarantee you, if y'all wait around till they start praising, I'd be ashamed. Be ashamed. I want to be the first one. I want to be the first one. Because see, what's going to happen is all them people sitting there thinking, I'm crazy. They're eventually going to fall in line. See, the Word says that at the name of Jesus, this is in Revelation. Read your Bible. It's in Revelation. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You don't think they're going to do that with a shout? <laughs> you don't think they're going to do that with a shout of praise? I don't want to be the last one. I don't want to have to wait till then for me to get my shouting voice. I'm going to be the first one and I want to hear God say, yeah, I've heard you shouting, buddy. Come on. I don't want to be the last one. I don't want to have to wait till I get to heaven to learn how to praise God. It takes some time to learn. It takes time to let go of yourself. Learn how to just, just forget about you, Kevin. I'm going to worship God. I ain't always been this bold, y'all. I'm going to tell y'all the truth, man. I just, one day, just said, I don't even care anymore. <laughs> I don't even care. 
I've known Mikey pretty much all my life. I guarantee you there's a point when when him and any of them other guys in school that I knew, the last thing I wanted was for one of them to come to church with me and see how foolish all them people at church acted. See, I, I wasn't ashamed of it as long as there wasn't nobody out of the ordinary there. But y'all, I hit a point. I said, God, I don't care. Fill me with whatever you want to fill me with. Fill me full to overflowing. And I don't care what it takes to get me there. God, I'll stand on my head and turn circles if you want me to. Whatever it takes to get all this other stuff out, burn it out of me and fill me with you. I will get up and act a total fool if I need to. If that's what it takes, I don't care. I ain't worried about me anymore. (laughs) I ain't worried about me. Pride will destroy you. What's the word say? Pride goeth before fall. I'm just going to sit here. I ain't going to get up and act a fool. They'll be talking about me all week. Did y'all see what he did at church? I don't know if anybody's ever talked about me or not. But you know what? I ain't ever went around asking nobody either. I don't care, man. It ain't like I'm up here trying to put on a show for somebody. I'm trying to serve God. It's between me and Him. I don't even know if anybody else sees me. Last thing I ever do when I'm standing up here is turn around and say, (coughs) (coughs) Did anybody see what I just did? It's the last thing I think about. Excuse me. Man. So God... Wants to fill you. Man, I can tell you that over and over. But it don't do you any good until you desire to be filled. This woman we're talking about tonight, y'all, she had a desire. She needed money in a bad way. Look, we can't hardly relate to what she was seeing. This wasn't a matter of somebody coming and taking her car, okay? This wasn't a matter of bankruptcy and seven years later everything's cool. They was fixing to take her sons and basically make slaves out of them, right? That was going to be how they settled the debt. So imagine somebody saying, all right, you can pay up or we're going to come get your kids and, and put them to work. And you may not ever see them again. See, we can't relate to that today. This woman had a great need. Now this is a tangible, physical need. But y'all, there was a time in my life I had a tangible, spiritual need. 
And I knew with everything that was in me that if I didn't get something from God that I didn't currently have, there wasn't going to be going forward. I was going to stay still. See, there, there comes a point where you are at the end of yourself. There is only so much you can do in service to God by yourself. And when you hit the end, you can stay there for one year, five years, fifty years. It don't matter. You won't go past that point in your service for God until you dig in deeper and say, God, I have great need of You. I desire to be full. Give me everything I need. See, this woman was at the end of herself. Her husband was dead. See, they had this debt already. But up to that point, they can manage, right? Her husband was working, making money. They could pay this little debt off. No big deal, right? And then all of a sudden, tragedy. Her husband's gone. And she's stuck with this debt that she can't no way pay. Y'all, I had a debt like that. I had a debt there wasn't no way I could pay. And the, you know what the, the payment was expected? If I couldn't pay it, death. And Jesus paid my debt. Just like this woman. God intervened in her life and that debt was settled. And not just the debt, He gave her enough to live on. That's God right there. See, God didn't just pay my debt and leave me to my own devices. He cleans me up, washes me. I'm free from my debt. Sin's never to be remembered against me no more. Right? But not only that, He gives me exceeding, abundantly, above what I could ask or think. (coughs) Holy Ghost power. Y'all, I don't know your backgrounds. I know some of you come from a a Pentecostal, full gospel type of background. Some of you come from a Baptist type of background. That's fine. I want you to understand that the truth in the Word of God is that you're only going to go so far without the Holy Ghost power. He is your source of power and strength. If you want to be full of what God has, if you want to get past that point where where you are not dependent on what you can conceive of God doing in your mind, but you know God can do anything, and you believe it just with whatever's in you, I know God can handle it. I'm going to move forward anyway. So that takes something outside of yourself. Kevin can't deal with that long. then you have to have something greater. you got to have the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, look, I wouldn't make this stuff up, man. This ain't got nothing to do. I couldn't make this stuff up. It ain't got nothing to do with my upbringing, even though I had a pretty good upbringing. It ain't got nothing to do with that. Do you realize that I wasn't even going to my home church when I was filled with the Holy Ghost? 
and have nothing to do with it. I'm here to tell you, man, I'm going to dispel the myth, okay? See, there's a whole lot of people, denominations, churches, whole congregations that would tell you, oh, that was for back then. Y'all, I'm living proof. Look, Kevin couldn't stand in front of you and do what I'm doing. Kevin is timid. Kevin doesn't have boldness. But when the Holy Ghost shows up, when the anointing comes on, listen, I'm going to tell you with everything that's in me, it ain't me. It's God empowering me. And you can't do that just because you're saved. You've got to have something greater than salvation to propel you into that kind of realm. 